we've been exploring a, a series called From Liberation to Lockdown. And the idea in that is it's all about this kind of strange new season that we're in um, as, as the national restrictions begin to change. Um, uh, and we as a country hopefully come out of lockdown uh, and into you know kind of new new newly discovered freedom but i think we really want to explore what that looks like for us uh, as people who follow jesus what does that offer us as an opportunity to discover new freedom in him and, and, and a new way of thinking and being uh, and today's topic is um if if uh, rachel wants to bring up the screen there is all about how do we bring jesus into our daily work whatever type of uh, activity it is that we do day to day and i'll say a little bit more about that in a moment um, and, and actually i was really keen to talk about this topic as it's something that really matters to me personally um, i thought it might be helpful just to start with a bit of my own story um, i've been living in london uh since i was 21 uh, so when i left university and i actually spent the first two or three years uh, of, my, of my working life uh working with a christian charity doing kind of student pastoral work so helping uh, you know, young uh, young guys in particular, as they made the transition to university life to help them get settled in uh, to church life there. Um, and actually, that was, in a funny way, that was quite an important season, laying some foundations about the perspective I was going to have uh, in my in my working life going forward from there. Uh, and that organisation was led by a really amazing guy um, who, who was a church leader. Um, and he often spoke quite prophetically, um, sort of, you know, what I think were words from God, to me, um, and one of the particular words that he had really strongly for me, and it's kind of resonated and reappeared at various points in my life ever since, um, was about having a calling similar to the character of Joseph uh, in the Old Testament, and probably many of us will know the story of Joseph quite well. Um, and in fact, just very recently, as I, as I entered into a new role at work, uh, somebody who had no idea about that, uh, was praying for me and they had exactly the same sense again and reminded me of that and it was just so encouraging to know that that God was speaking in that um, if you don't know much about that story of Joseph he was a, a young man you know sort of 16 17 when the story first began for him uh, full of lots of passion and some gifts but they were quite unformed gifts and not a particularly well-formed character um, and God then led him over the next 20 30 years on a life journey uh, in which he spent decades and decades working either as a slave in a household in Egypt, uh, and then he ended up in prison and playing a role in sort of, you know, it ended up sort of playing different working roles in the life of the prison, uh, but eventually was raised up to become, I think, actually the sort of deputy to the pharaoh uh, and, uh, and had played a crucial role in, in saving Egypt and saving the people of God um, in, a, in a period of famine. Um, I've no, I don't think I'm ever going to become deputy prime minister or anything like that. But but there's something about that story uh, that has always resonated with me. That just that kind of forming of character and choosing to serve serve his God wherever God placed him in whatever difficulties he faced formed the character in him that allowed him to fulfil his life's calling. And that's really resonated with me. Um, Rachel, if you want to move it along, and I guess if I were to pick an image, and I'm going to ask you to do this when we get to small group times, if I were to pick one image that in some way defined my working life, what I do every day, it would be this. I work on the underground um, and in various ways have either helped to manage, move trains around, manage stations, manage uh, maintenance uh, sort of activities and improvements to maintenance, et cetera, over the last 20 years. Um, uh, so the, the tube has always been a kind of crucial part of my life. Um, and if, in a funny way, last year was the very first time 
when I thought it might be time to move on from the underground. Um, and I was feeling quite demotivated, um, feeling like I'd kind of reached a bit of a cul-de-sac in my working life and wasn't feeling very enthused or able to make a difference anymore. Um, and yet I think actually in a funny way over the last few months, God has reignited my desire to serve that company, uh, make a difference in London. Um, and uh, I've ended up in a new role uh, in recent weeks, actually. Um, but I think the thing that is that I'm almost trying to catch up with what God's wanting to do through me. I might have my own ideas. He's got his ideas about what he wants to do through each of us uh, and wherever he places us in our daily lives. Um, so that's, that's just a bit of encouragement on that, that even if you don't know whether you're meant to be where you are at the moment, sometimes God is ahead of you doing things that you can't even imagine, actually. Um, uh, so I, to get us kind of beginning to think about our passage from Colossians today, um, we're going to just take a particular word, uh, a particular phrase in that passage, if you want to have it in front of you from Colossians chapter three. Um, and Paul is writing to the church in Colossae, um, which was a community that he had helped to establish and plant as a church. Um, and he was talking to them about uh, how they should live and work in light of their salvation and, and discovery of faith in Jesus. Um, and there's a particular phrase that I love in there that really helps actually to form the whole of what we need to talk about today. In verse 17 and verse 23, it says, whatever you do. So Rachel, if you want to just move it along to the next slide, whatever you do. Um, and actually that just frames this whole thing because it's quite easy, isn't it? We could fall into the trap of thinking that this passage about the theme of work is only really relevant if you are doing paid employment in some way. Um, and actually, that's not actually what, what I think Paul is writing to. He is saying, whatever you do, um, there's something that he wants to say to us here. And the other thing, I think the other risk that we need to just avoid is thinking that certain types of roles, be they vicars or evangelists or those in the caring professions, are in some way more spiritual, more kind of, Christ-like activities and everything else is somehow secular and separate and actually that's just such a, a wrong view and I'll explain why in a moment um, so actually this is for all of us whatever you do whether you are a teacher a shop assistant a carer a parent a builder a student a singer a vicar a volunteer whatever it is you do in your daily life God wants to speak to you today um, and, and actually he has in that work and that daily activity <laughs> A purpose to help transform the world um, and I think to help us just briefly set the scene theologically for this kind of I want to just briefly take us back to a couple of words that appear in the first two chapters of the Bible in Genesis chapter one and two um, and they talk about that kind of initial commission that human beings were given to, uh, to, to work what the purpose of work was uh, right at the beginning. And the two words that you may know from, from Genesis chapter one and two are the command that human beings are to rule over the earth uh, and, and subdue it. Um, and also to, with, in terms of the land, to, to work it, to work the land. And the two words there, which you can see on the screen that kind of capture those are radar, which is to rule over, uh, and to, and avodar, uh, which is to, to work the land. Um, and there's lots of different ways of describing those words. You could take rule over to be the kind of idea of uh, like a king establishing a kingdom 
and bringing order in a kingdom. Yeah, so it's a very similar to the concept of when Jesus talks about the kingdom coming. It's that idea of rada, of kind of ruling over and bringing God's order to the world. And secondly, avodah, which is to work. I'll say in a moment and a bit more about this. Actually, the same word is to sort of serve and serve in worship. It's exactly the same concept. But what I've just found here are these two fantastic phrases that are kind of Hebrew scholars have given as, as other ways of explaining those meanings. I found both of these statements so helpful. So the first one, rada, to, to, um, to rule over, is, is to actively partner with God in taking the world forward, yeah, bringing order and harmony and advancing the kingdom in the world. And avoda, I love this phrase. This is really helpful if you want to understand the purpose of your daily life and your work. To rearrange the raw materials of a particular domain where you've been placed to draw out its potential for the flourishing of everyone. What a brilliant way of describing it. It's from Tim Keller that. I, I thought that was so helpful. A, that you are partnering with God to make the world come into order. And B, that you will, whatever you're given as raw materials in your daily life, be it the people you look after or the uh, equipment and the systems you help to manage or the child or children that you're helping to bring up, whatever it might be, your role is to then try and just get things in line in such a way that they can really flourish. I just think that's so helpful. And I, and I hope you start to think that through whatever you do day to day. So I want to try and just in the, in the last half of this talk, I just want to try and uh, open up like six really practical tips. And this is partly about your mindset and it's partly sort of what you might, what we call at Hope Church, kind of spiritual practices, things that we can do in our daily lives that will help us to bring the transforming work and life of Jesus into our daily work. So the first of them from our passage in Colossians um, verse 22 is really helpful, actually. It says, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. And I'll briefly just touch on the fact that obviously Paul is writing into a context where Roman households would have had what you could call slaves or servants or those who are sort of bonded to the household. Um, I'm not going to try and unpack all of that and it's in no way today an exploration of of why slavery was in, you know seemingly accepted uh, in this particular biblical passage but i think the concept of people who are obliged to work for somebody else um which actually let's be honest is a is a, is a different definition of being employed isn't it really uh, obviously there's a much greater freedom and and, and protections in, in our experience of employment um, but this, this, we can we can absolutely apply and learn from this. And the first big thing that comes through, and I love this, is do your work not only when your when your boss's eye is on you, uh, and because you want to win their favour, but actually all the time. Um, and actually, that just in a in a simple summary word would be just demonstrating integrity, isn't it? Really. Um, and I don't know about you. Uh, in this new world of uh, much many of us having to kind of carry out our daily lives and activities and work online uh, through Teams calls and Zoom and various other things. Um, that's an, actually a double challenge, isn't it, really, that um, people aren't actually often, our bosses or wherever it is that oversees us, aren't actually looking at what we're doing because they can't see it. We're at home sometimes or we're in other contexts or they're not there as much as we are if we're physically working. Um, 
And during lockdown homeschool, which you know Vicky and I had to do, I had to just be, I had to fess up to my boss at various points and say, look, I haven't actually got much work done today. Uh, I've been trying to look after the kids. I can barely concentrate for half the day. Um, and you know, I wanted to be honest with her about that. But um, it is hugely challenging, isn't it? But I think the the heart of what Paul is saying is about integrity, just being you know being really clear that whether whether someone's watching or not, you will do your work to the best of your ability. A second point is about being sincere. And um, at the end of that verse 22, it talks about whatever you do, do it with sincerity of heart. Yeah, with sincerity of heart. Um, And actually that meaning of that word sincerity there is single-hearted. Yeah, single-hearted. So in essence, not being like duplicitous or saying and looking like one thing to one person, but actually behind their back being something completely different. Um, and I think that is such a vital quality that Christians can have uh, uh, as an influence in, in their workplace or daily lives. Uh, if people feel when they're working with you that they get they, that what they get, so what they see is what they get, um, whether they're with you or not, that you would say things about them to their face uh, and with them openly as you would say the same things about them when they're not in the room, that builds so much trust and so much kind of confidence from other people. Um, and I, you know, if I'm honest in, in London underground at times I've worked in contexts, um, and at, at times been tempted myself to, to, to not live to that standard. And it so rapidly destroys your confidence in, in the people that you're working with and the teams you're part of. So you as a Christian have a, such an important opportunity just to be sincere and single hearted and totally transparent with people. Um, and that will build you build both friendship and it will build influence with the people that you're working with. And the third uh, sort of tip uh, and point that, that Paul pulls out here, which again, I absolutely love this. I think this is really helpful. In verse, um, verse 23, it says, whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if you're working for the Lord and not for men or women who employ you. Give it everything you've got. Um, and actually, you know, in some senses, whatever your contract might be, whatever your performance requirements might be and whatever you do, um, no employer really can ask much more than you just give it everything you've got. Um, you may have training gaps and other things you need help with. But if you approach your work saying, I'm just going to try and do this to the very best of my ability uh, and with a real passion, then, then no one's going to really uh, do you down for that. And it's just such a great attitude, actually, to just life and daily work. Um, as I said, over the last 12 months or so, particularly during the lockdown period, I've had some really tough moments, actually, where the nature of my work was changing. The priority of my work, amongst other stuff, because of COVID, was dropping. Um, and I felt quite sort of lost at sea for a time. And I felt as if uh, I was quite demotivated and not adding value in what I was doing. Um, and I was struck after a period of time how... You know, those who know me well would say something was slightly out of kilter in me. Um, Something just wasn't quite humming in the way that it should be, because my general daily approach to life is to try and be as passionate and committed and, you know, go at it uh, with everything I've got. And so I knew that something wasn't quite right. Um, And funnily enough, a few folk even here in the church, but also some colleagues at work have said, actually, since I've taken on a new job recently, with a new challenge and uh, an opportunity to get stuck in. 
um, my face looks different, actually. There's a, there's a, an energy and a lightness and a, and a freshness in my face that wasn't there, even though actually I'm working longer hours and I'm more tired than I was before. Um, I'm actually lighter in my spirit because it's a place where I can give everything I've got. Um, and, you know, I, I, hopefully that maybe helps you a little bit because we all face moments in our working life um, in whatever we do day to day where it's actually just mundane and frustrating and we're not even recognized uh we're not um we're not rewarded for what we do or we're given I, i've had a couple of jobs where i've ended up sort of stuck in the dullest bit of a project or just feeling like i'm doing stuff that's really sort of turning the handle on things that that i can't see the point of doing um and actually when when i sort of try and seek god about that um, I found that the best way in those moments is to say, fine, you've given me the dullest thing in the world to do. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and I'm going to make, just make this bit of it shine and make it make a difference with, with it I've got. Um, and people will see that, the bosses or those who look after you will see that and, and it, will, it will shine through. And I think that's how Joseph lived when he worked in, a, in, you know, had to work in a household and a prison. He just did his bit of it and got his bit humming uh, and others then, elevated him to, to, to what God had in mind for him. So I hope that helps you uh, to think about that. The fourth little tip uh, and, and mindset, and this is really important actually, is that, uh, and let's have a look at those, those particular um, words to talk about that. So approaching your work with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Um, and actually that's, you know, it's not insignificant that as I said before, that Hebrew word for work, avodah, actually the meaning of that word is work, worship and service. Work, worship and service. So in the Hebrew mindset and in the mindset of Jesus's followers, when they heard the word work, they didn't have this concept of Christian worship and service and daily secular work. That was completely anathema to them. They had no concept of that all work whether it be very practical turning the land building chairs whatever through to serving in the temple and in worship was all avoda yeah so seeing work as worship was totally natural to them but we've lost that mindset in western culture and we need to re-grasp it i think um <clears throat> paul is really clear that in whatever task people were given they were serving the lord uh, and they should have a reverence in their work so what I mean practically is that everything you do every day, not just here on a Sunday, but every day, is and can be an act of worship. Uh, so the commitment that you bring to the quality of your lesson plan uh, or the quality of the hoovering you do, although I do that quite badly, I grant you, um, the report writing that you have to deal with, the bricklaying or the shelf stacking or the accounts drafting or the kids tea making, um, should be the same as you would bring to an act of worship in a in a church yeah um and actually i think the the you know, person in history who embodied this really well you may have heard of him was an incredible monk a parisian monk called brother lawrence and i think it was the 17th century in paris um and he was uh, he'd been in in the army and uh, you know a soldier and he ended up because of injuries and things he ended up uh, finding a calling in a in a monastery uh, but all the only job he ever did every day was kind of um, washing the dishes and eventually making sandals uh, for the other for other monks. And he wrote uh, some letters and things that turned into a book where he discovered that that daily task could be a real act of worship 
and he could meet Jesus in it and discover real peace and fulfillment. And I just think that's a great way of living. Um, so see your work as worship. The fifth thing is, uh, as we see um, in the passage, that we do our work in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's in verse 17. What we do is we do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um, and I think as you live and uh, live and do your daily work, that if you do it with the things I've said, integrity, sincerity, wholeheartedness, a reverent attitude, you will be amazed, you will be genuinely amazed that your colleagues and the people you spend time with will start to ask you, why do you work in this way? Because it doesn't seem to be the way that a lot of other people work. Why do you? And that is the moment when you need to have the name of Jesus on your lips you, and actually be really open with people uh, when that, and that invitation will come, that question will come, you know, what was different about you? What, 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 you know? And it might be that there are opportunities uh, as you get to know people at work or maybe get introduced to people at work to just make it clear that actually, you know, I'm a Christian and actually my whole way of thinking about life is shaped by the fact that I'm a Christian. Um, that may be more or less possible in your workplace, more or less permitted or accepted. Um, but if people see how you live and work, it will be amazing how much they ask that question. Um, and I would say in recent years, I've had much more freedom. Uh, and I've been very grateful, I've had much more freedom in my workplace to try and begin to talk about the fact that Jesus is a key part of my life, that my Christian faith really matters to me. Um, one of the interesting things that goes with that, just a few little practical tips here. When you first get introduced to, um, to people at work, maybe a new team member or whatever, try to grab that particular moment to just, just make it a natural part of who you are and what you do to say that you're a Christian or that you go to church at the weekends or whatever it might be. Often I found if that moment's missed and you're still working with someone six months later, it becomes more and more weird and strange to then mention that sort of thing. And I found, particularly in the new job I'm in now, as I've introduced myself to teams, when an opportunity arises, I will just make it a very natural part of, this is what I do outside of work. I've got family, I've got kids. I, I'm very involved in a church in Harrow. Just, you know, I just make it just a normal thing to share. And I think you might find that helpful. Um, and also I think, you know, just be struck, you, you, you are part of a, a brand new church that is meeting on Zoom uh, in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and that is interesting. So actually just, just mention that to people. And if they ask you what you're doing at the weekend, say that, you know, I'm doing, doing Zoom church uh, or we're starting to plant a church. But just explain that to people. They will be genuinely fascinated uh, by that. Um, and also as you do certain things, you know, we, for instance, go away in the summer to a, to a Christian festival called New Wine. And that's a summer holiday plan. Um, so when people ask you what you're doing in the summer, that's a great opportunity to say, well, yeah, we're going away to a to a church event uh, with all of our with all of our friends. And that will be that will be genuinely interesting to people um, and it will lead to deeper conversations. And the last thing to uh, just to suggest uh, here as a final point is and this is really helpful about, you know, as you face the different challenges you face day by day is partnering with God. Um, and I think that's, that's drawn out in the last bit of chapter, verse 24 that it is the Lord Christ you are serving, yeah? And as I said, that word um, uh, radar, uh, the, the idea of building God's kingdom through our work is, is actually to remember that you are partnering with God as your ultimate employer, 
to make the world flourish and be more uh, effectively organized. And um, I think actually it's quite helpful. I mean, in some ways, the title I gave for this talk of bringing Jesus to your workplace um, is almost unhelpful, actually, because it possibly reinforces the thinking that in some way our workplace is separate from God and we have to try and remember to put Jesus in our pocket every day and carry him with us into work. Actually, that's nonsense. He's already there. He's already really the boss of the whole world and that place where you're called to be every day. Uh, you just need to let him take charge and partner with him. Um, I was talking to a friend just this week, actually, and she's a, she's a teacher. Um, and she was saying that she's at various points over the last few years had some huge challenges in her workplace um, and, and real, real, really finding life tough in her work. Um, and she, she'd felt quite challenged that uh, when she went to work uh, each day, and she'd been doing this quite a bit, she would get in early and she would stand in her classroom and she would pray over every single chair of, of every single child that she'd be teaching that day. And she, in her mind, the image that came to her was that Jesus was going to be the teacher that day and she would be the teaching assistant and that all she had to do was just let him guide and prioritise and she would do what she was asked to do. And that had really helped her let go of the idea that it was her doing the work and she was just somehow trying to remember to bring Jesus with her but actually that she was partnering with Jesus to, um, to, to, to be used in the workplace. So I've hopefully given you there like six little tips um, and, and it's partly about mindset and it's partly practical um, about how your work could be a place of worship. And as we now move into uh, small groups in just a moment, um, we are going to just try and explore those questions. And I'd encourage you, and I, I've suggested these as, as questions for the, for the groups then. First of all, to think about if there was one image that um, perhaps summarised your daily life and your daily work, what would it be? So others can understand that a little bit. And then against those tips that I've given you there, how does that change your way of thinking about your work? Um, and which of them might be worth having a go at this week? So have, please do have a think about that as we head into, into groups together. I'm just going to close now in prayer and just ask Jesus to, to speak to us. We had a sense as we were praying before the service that um, God might want to bring new liberation and kind of almost a renewing of our mindset towards our daily lives. Um, let's just pray that he might do that now for a moment. Lord Jesus, we, we thank you that the whole world is yours. You are the boss. You are ultimately in charge of what we do every day. And you have a purpose for each one of us whether our work feels uh, hugely fulfilling and exciting and challenging, or at times feels mundane and frustrating and difficult to get through, you have a purpose for us, Lord. Help us to find and discover your purpose in that. Mm. And Father, I pray for every person here, in whatever they do every day, that you would speak to us this morning and show us a way in which we could approach it with a fresh pair of eyes, seeing our work as worship, Lord Jesus. Amen.